City Jazz Sessions is about great music, arts, and entertainment. We are located in St. Louis, Missouri, and available to performance art lovers worldwide. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. You can email us at cityjazzsessions at gmail.com. After I got out of grade school, you know, well, I've, I've been playing music. I, 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 I was, um, I was just doing music all the way up. I started young, very young. I was, I played my first um, pro professional gig that I got paid money for in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and I was, I was thirteen years old, and my pay was fifty cents and a fish cent. <laughs> All the way to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, for that. But it was, you know, I was playing in a blues club, and I was underage and doing that. But uh, I, I got, I digress. What, what, what I meant to say is about the, you know, about the uh, situation there is. Now I lost my train of thought. I'm Where sorry. Was I? You, you were Where sharing was a story about how you started, uh, and oh, you were yeah. talking about, about your about first, your first gig. Yeah. Yeah, my first gig, and uh, hopefully that'll lead me back to where I was. Uh, yeah, it was in in Cape Girardeau, um, fifty cents in the fish sandwich, and uh, we were talking about high school, and you said right. you went to all the high different high schools, right? And that, so, uh, so so I've been gigging professionally uh, for quite some time, and uh, um. So I got out of grade school and we went to, I went to uh, O'Fallon Technical High School. That was my first oh, year in high school there. And they had a band. They had the, uh, the band there and that's what I wanted to do. That's the reason I chose uh, O'Fallon Technical High School because they had the band program. Now, what year was it? I have no idea, man. That's a, you, you, it's, it's hard was, for me to remember these. When I was at Sodan, Sodan was my high school. I don't recall them having a band program. Yeah, no, they were. This was a full time uh, time school. It wasn't like a. a, a oh, okay. they were, yeah. This, this was, was before, before they started that. Program. Yeah, before the oh, co-op. Okay. Um, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, so that's how old I am. I'm a pretty old guy. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So what happened? Uh, what happened was I, I chose the school. I went there. Um, and, uh, and what happened was I, I wanted to get into the band because I, I knew, you know, this is what I wanted to do in life and, and music was my calling, my passion. And so I, I figured, man, they were going to really help me out. I got there. I wanted to apply to be in the band. They said, you can't be in the band. <laughs> and, and here, I, you know, this is what I wanted to do. Sure. You know, and they said, you have to be a, uh, a sophomore to to join the band, so uh, uh, you know I was very downheartened by that, uh, very downtrodden by that, and and uh, from I I never I wasn't it, for some reason um, a formal education school uh, just was not my cup of tea it really wasn't i'd read much of, i spent more time at the st louis public library reading books they didn't have the internet and all of that when i was growing. so you had to 
if if you learn you wanted to learn how to play the guitar, you had to actually see people playing, go to concerts. You had to be present or or have the money to uh, have someone uh, instruct you. And uh, I didn't have that. We were very poor. In fact, I had to uh, 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 shine shoes. I shined shoes at Union Station and at various places in downtown and sold papers for uh, to get my my money. Mm-hmm. I uh, um, I just uh, there there were people that would do other nefarious things for their money. I I, I, I always had more pride than that, and. Uh, um, you know, more forethought. I understand. To to do the right thing. I tried to do the right thing. And that's sure. what I did. Um, so that's that's how I... And, um, you know, I self-taught myself how to play. I was... Um, there was a place called Central Hardware. You you guys aren't old enough to remember that place. Sure, they used to Central Hardware was around. Central Hardware. Uh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I was yeah. the one in Wellston. Is, yeah, there was one there. Um, huh. They're no longer in business. Oh, yeah. But they used to sell guitars. And uh, uh, um, my mother, I think it was, uh, I was, I was 13. It was my 13th birthday. And and she uh, she bought a guitar for me. I told her I wanted to get the car for Christmas. She bought one. And... Uh, and she kept it at my aunt's house, who was close, and then you know we were very close as well. So she kept it over at my aunt's house. My aunt told me about the guitar without my mom's knowledge, and she said, "Come over and play it." So I'd come over and I'd fiddle around. I kind of, kind of got pretty good at it, um, and uh, uh, that's how I that's how I began uh, my, my my musical career. With that, with that old guitar. Tell us about from... the guitar. Was it? Uh, it was electric. What make? No, no. It was a. It was a very inexpensive, humble guitar, man. It just you know, and I, I would imagine that would be about in the sixties, uh, about sixty, sixty-five, sixty-six, or something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just that was my pride and joy, though, man. I. <laughs> I just love that thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I pick it up first thing in the morning and lay it down last thing in the day. That's what I would do. And yeah, and so I, what I'm what I want to say is just you know uh, my most of my um, uh, musical uh, teaching was uh, was self taught. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would watch people. I would listen to people. I you know just work things out on my own. Uh, and I got pretty good. And, and there comes a point where you do have to have, you know, some, some, uh, if you want to really aspire to real uh, proficiency, you do have to, you know, uh, seek some, some uh, additional help from mm-hmm. someone who's been there before. So I was lucky enough to meet a, a, a young man, um, by the name of David Hines. He's a trumpet player and uh, um, from St. Louis. And he was a, uh, he he would well, occasionally work on the Tonight Show if uh, Clark Terry couldn't make it. Now Clark Terry was from here too. Sure. And uh, so uh, um, 
yeah, I got lucky enough to um, meet David Hines, and he actually uh, um, formed a band to work around town when he was in town. And I was lucky enough to be a part of that endeavor of his. We uh, we worked at a lot of clubs. We did uh, some 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 uh, uh, jazz festivals and things in town back when uh, jazz was in vogue. <laughs> it's uh, kind of uh, you know it's uh, people have gravitated to more uh, electronic, uh, popular kinds of stuff. It's not not they're not so. Uh, enthused by jazz i think jazz is a timeless art form though it really is it's a, oh i agree yeah it's 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 just one of those um american true american art forms and it's still appreciated in other places in the world not so much here as it should be but um and that being said but yeah I, I i learned a lot about jazz and improvisation um how to approach a song and, and, and the performance of it, the feeling to, to perfect your, uh, uh, style and your, uh, your concept of what you're, what you're trying to present, uh, from David Hines. He was, he was instrumental in that. He's a wealth of information and, and an all around good guy. I just, I miss him so much. I wish he was still around. Yeah. I'm Facebook friends with his wife, uh, his mm-hmm. widow. And, uh, we've, uh, have a few conversations, really nice lady. Yeah. What are some of the other uh, artists that you remember working with back then? Oh wow! And this this actually predates uh, predates uh, David Hines. I, I was lucky enough to to go on uh, uh, a, a huge tour with uh, the great Albert King uh, from oh, St. Louis yeah. too. He's a blues player, and I I just did a a, a, a reunion tribute to Albert at the Missouri History Museum in Forest Park. And we were there and uh, it was just last week and a fantastic show. It, it had just about anything you uh, would uh, ever uh, wanted to know about Albert King. They had a presentation and a, uh, a talk session yeah, it was a it was a fine a fine event, and I was so glad to be a part of that. Uh, That's awesome. Do you remember the group Bag Black Artists? Yeah, the Black Artists group. Absolutely, man. Those guys. Oh, what a workshop! And that, that that's that's another. Uh, excuse me, for a second. Mm-hmm. That's another uh, entity. Uh, that uh, I was so uh, lucky to be uh, um, associated with, uh, to be able to have access to their their huge pool of knowledge uh, Mm -hmm. concerning music. Um, Still being underage though, I I couldn't really travel anywhere with them, but I could, I would would go there um, uh, quite often. And uh, I tell you, it was just, it was so nice to to uh, see people. I don't know what do they have anything like that now in in St. Louis. That should be not to my knowledge. But but we've got a, a co-host on the show, Ronnie Barrage. I don't know if you know him, the drummer. And oh he yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He talks about all those people that were in the group 
back then. And we've, matter of fact, if you go to our uh, Spotify or our uh, website, we've got uh, recordings, interviews where we did with, and a lot of that conversation came up. But now, um, what about some of the local venues that you started playing with at here? Oh, you mean local, uh, um, let's see, maybe. Uh, Once you were of age. Oh, I, I was never of age. <laughs> I was always underage wherever I went. Most of my career was, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Most of the, the best things that happened in my career mm -hmm. happened when I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, 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 was, op I was lucky enough to open uh, for a group called KISS. You heard of them, the rock group. The rock group? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and they were unknown. Nobody knew who they were. They were. This was their first tour, and they were in Forest Park at a place, uh, 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 I forget the name of it. This is where they fly kites and stuff. It's called, it was called the uh, KC kite flying contest okay yeah and it was sponsored by the radio station kshe and um, um they had it out in the middle of this big field and they had all of these amps and speakers and things and all of this kind of stuff and we were just you know just beginning we uh, we were um i was in a group called the 13th floor and um we had little bitty amps. We were just, you know, we just started the group, you know. So we just amps you could like put under your under your arms and carry. Those that's what we used to work with. These guys had amps that were like stacked up to the ceiling and loud as a seven forty seven or B fifty two. Now thirteenth so, floor, that that's striking a bell. Um what are name a couple of the songs that you guys did? Oh, uh, we had one called Leaning that was written in collaboration with uh, uh, a very um, uh, uh, wonderful musician out of St. Louis here. His name's uh, Oliver Sane. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody loved Oliver Sane. And he was just, you know, Oliver Sane was just a, a wonderful down-home country, country boy. Mm -hmm. that could play the heck out of the saxophone and he played a mean organ too and it never you know what i never heard a bad thing about come out of oliver's mouth about anybody he never said anything bad about anybody we were in the studio um and people would come through you know um ike turner People like that, they'd come to his studio. He had it over on the, I think, Natural Bridge or someplace like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he did very good with the tools that he had. You know, he knew a lot about recording and, uh, you know, his work uh, speaks for itself. So yeah, you were talking, a... so you were talking about uh, the, the concert out in Forest Park where you, where you played with, uh, kiss so what yes. was that what was that experience like you know you know being out there with the equipment that you had in the yeah. space that you had what was that what was that like oh it was unbelievable it's unreal and you know then you know these guys dress up for their act you know right. 
they put on the monster yeah. stuff and the things with the bling and all of that. It was way ahead of their time. Nobody did that. Now everybody's doing that sure. stuff. And they had that going. And when they did that, you know, because we were warming up, we did, we we were the warm-up act for them in St. Louis. Mm. Um, that was huge, man, for, for me. That, that, that's uh, And uh, they let us play through their gear. You know, they said, we'll just play through our stuff. So we plugged in that stuff and wang, and it was like the loudest sound that you could imagine. You know, it was, and then that's, and we played our songs like that. It was so, it was so loud. It was scary, man. But it was, it was fun. There were lots of people there. Uh, it was a great day, a beautiful day. Weather was wonderful. Uh, so was it, was the rock crowd really, you know, did they receive your music well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was a party, man. You know, who's going to blow, he's going to be a party pooper, you know, so everybody at, had a great time at 15. It was wonderful. Right. You were 15 yeah. at the time. Well, you know, I, I studied, man. I put in my, my work, man. So I was pretty good at 15. So did you have a, was, like a chaperone or something? I was written up in downbeat magazine at the age of 15 as a, as the next big thing. Wow. And I have, I have, I have a, a David Hines to thank for that. Cause it was, it was David Hines that, that, that kind of, um, um, put it all together. He, it, the article mentioned uh, David Hines and this group, the, uh, superlative five, first the superlative three, and then superlative five and uh, the work that he was doing there. And he said that he's got some young lions coming up in his group. All right. And I was mentioned in that, you know, so that's, that's pretty high cotton, man. I was very honored to have that. So I, I was no slouch, man. And I'm still no slouch. I'm, 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 I'm I got to say, man. <laughs> so you feel, well, you feel good about your music. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good to have that self-confidence and know, know what you got. I'm just no. scrolling through the uh, videos and stuff on your website. And I would yes. like to uh, maybe you, if we could give uh, a little, just play a little sample of something uh, which you play and you, any other songs that uh, particular song would be good. Anything's good. They're all good. I, there's nothing on there that I'm I'm not just uh, absolutely proud of, man. It's uh, I've, I've gotten I've gotten to the point now where uh, you know it's it, uh, it's all good. Whether whether I, I play all genres now, I don't limit myself um, ideologically or yeah. Well, how about Thirteenth Floor? This one you mentioned, Leaning. Let's let's yeah yeah, yeah go ahead and play that. And we can that's, talk. That's, that's like the beginnings. <laughs> thing back then, you know. There you are. That's too bad. A lot of those guys are gone, you know. Are they? Yeah. I think myself and uh, the bass player, Mitch Watson, he, he's still So that's, I was going to ask you about, you know, do you keep in touch with those guys or are they still around? You know. 
The rest of history, man. That's, that's, that's what happens when we live life, man. We, you know, that's why you got to enjoy it while you got it. Absolutely. I hear you. Cut this one off. Yeah, that, that's, that's smooth, man. Oh, yeah. That was smooth before smooth jazz came out. <laughs> Way before smooth jazz. Yeah. So, yeah, we were, we, were, we were a jazzy little young group, man. It was, you know, we had a following around town. You know, people loved us. And we were lucky to have that. You're lucky to have anything. Anytime you have the people appreciating what you're doing, that's that's pure love, man. It really is a blessing to have that. So do you think that's, you know, what do you think were some of the advantages and maybe difficulties of starting your musical career here in Missouri? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, there's, at that time, there there weren't a, a lot of resources that I could re, uh, could tap to um, to um, you know further mm-hmm. my career. Um, nowadays, you have uh, these this internet is just a, it's, it's a uh, cornucopia of uh, of means to be able to contact people to interface and fellowship and and a market resource um, and uh, reference uh, it's just it's uh i didn't have any of that you know if i had to do if i wanted to do something i had to get on my feet and beat the concrete mm-hmm. to go you know to do what you know nowadays you can just push a button and get that so it was a different that's one of the biggest things you know it's uh, it's difficult the technology uh or lack of availability to the public but i'm sure they had all of this stuff years ago but you know they always re- withhold technology uh, yeah yeah they can't give the the real good stuff out you know now we have all of this and what they're withholding now is stuff that's light years ahead of what sure. we have now yeah, they're talking about going to Mars and all that now while we're trying to figure Earth out still. Yeah, but yeah, before all we know, they're already there. We don't know that. Well, we know. Do. Yeah. How about a little bit more? I see one song you got on here that uh, one of my favorite saxophone players uh, did, and I really love it. Let's, let's take a uh, taste of this one. <laughs> That actually is a uh, an excerpt from a George Benson tribute that I did. And uh, George is one of my favorite influences. Um, the voice, the guitar, the stylings, all of it. Total package. I remember him before he actually started singing. He, started, he was just guitar in the beginning. Yeah, and they made him do that. And the marketer said, well, he don't want you singing. We just want you to play. You know, that's what happens when you, you know, put your career in somebody else's hands. You know, you have that danger. 
and nobody knew no one knew that he was such a great vocalizer um and, uh, the two together is it's is just uh, it's uh incredible he's in and everybody uh uh, should 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 take something from from uh, such a talent like George Benson. In oh. fact, uh, in fact, one of my my good friends uh, that I grew up with, uh, Daryl Darden, you probably know him. He, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, excellent guitarist. Uh, he and I kind of started out together uh, in the projects. You know, we used to battle each other with our guitars. You know, who's the best? Who's the best? Who's the best? Okay. You know, we were just. Uh, uh, yeah, he, and he's uh, he's grown to be an excellent uh, jazz as well as other styles in guitar. Yeah, and he's he's, he's personal uh, friends with George Benson. He, he's oh. he's in Los Angeles. A uh, uh, very lucky fellow. He's 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 doing well out there. And, uh, kudos to California, I think. Right? I'm sorry. Is he in California now? In California, yes, in Los Angeles, and uh, doing quite well. As I understand. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Good for him. Yeah. So now, what do you think about the music scene in St. Louis compared to other markets like, say, L.A., New York, the bigger ones? How do you compare them? Well, it's it's there's still here in in St. Louis. It's just, it's still this just my opinion, hmm. uh, this small town mentality that we have here. I mean, it's a beautiful place to live. Good, good to raise your kids and all of that. Midwest values and all of that. Uh, uh, that's it's this to me. It's it's uh, it's it's not the grand. There's nobody comes here to uh, to really do anything unless they're you know they can't make it somewhere else. You know they come to St. Louis, right? But uh, you know, I I just I think that all of the venues like yeah, Los Angeles. New York and Miami to a certain extent are, you know, those are where, that's where all of the action is. People want to go there. The stars are there, the people who are, who's who, those, those are, that's where they are. They're not really in St. Louis. Uh, so, and, and so that's why people want to go there. But there, there's a thriving music scene here. It's just not where you would think it would be. I, I, I like to, um, I like to say that. Um, I, <laughs> I think she's ready to get on camera. I like to say that that you have to really look closely to find the the good venues in St. Louis, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and most of them are, are, are like in the surrounding areas. You know, you got to be able to travel a little bit. You know, that's a, right. a lot of places uh, that uh, one can can work. And, uh, you know, of course, teaching is another option. Um, I'm not much of a teacher. I'm not an educator. I've never, never wanted to do that. Right. Not that my desire to do that. I'm a performer and a player. When I'm done doing that, I want to just relax and not be bothered. <laughs> so do, do you uh, play a lot around the St. Louis area? Or, because I know you travel quite a bit. Uh, but oh, you... I, 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 uh, I, uh, I just got back from Florida. I was down uh, researching on, you know, I'm getting kind of old and these winters up here getting, get, they kind of get me down. Oh man, they're cold. Now I got to get out there and pick up speakers and set that stuff up in the cold winter. 
so I'm going to try to research some uh, some places in Florida. Uh, the weather is very nice down. I was I was just I just got back from there a couple months ago when it was really cold up here, and uh, I like it down there. Florida is nice, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere, and uh, there's uh, I was lucky enough to play at a marina there where they were two and three, four million dollar yachts there. And then people just get off and get drunk and go get back on the yachts and go back out to sea. So and it was it was great. It was just fun. A lot of fun. So do you I, I love I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Oh um, well I did um when I was uh in, in the in the uh through the nineties and parts of the eighties and, and parts of the two thousand I I worked on a uh a cruise line. I worked exclusively for a Norwegian cruise line. So I wasn't even in uh, St. Louis for, mm-hmm. for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love, man, I loved being out to sea. I've, I almost lost my life in, uh, uh, Saint, in the St. Lawrence Seaway. We had brought out a brand new Brand new ship. This ship was, I think it was a $750 million ship that uh, almost sank. Wow. In the uh, St. Lawrence Seaway. It was the Norwegian, Norwegian, was it the sky? It may have been the, it was either the Norwegian sky, the sea or the sun. And it almost went down. The, we ran aground in the middle of the, there's a uh, prominence in, in the uh, middle of the seaway where it meets the ocean. And we ran aground on that while we were watching whales. And the, uh, the ship began to list this way like this here. And when the ship does that, that means it's getting ready to go down. <laughs> and this is a huge ship, 3,000 passengers. 2,000 crews, 5,000 people, 5,000 souls on board. Mm-hmm. We almost went down, man. And the only thing that saved us was uh, uh, there were, uh, we were in proximity of a, a, a dry dock that had a uh, several uh, tugboats. And those tugboats came out, and mm. fastened on, took us to um, Quebec City. And uh, they had a dry dock there that was big enough to capacity, a big enough capacity to handle the size of the ship. Um, so we were lucky enough to get there to do that. They had to cancel all those cruises. The boat was out of commission for um, uh, three months, I think. They were out of just constantly building it back up. They had tore the propellers off the bottom, so it was not seaworthy anymore. Wow, uh, and we almost lost our lives. Uh, some of us did. Some of us surely would have, because that water was really cold and full of sharks. <laughs> oh. That wouldn't have been so. Bad. That didn't deter you, though. No, I loved it, man. I, I'm a, it's, I'm a sailing guy, man. I'm a sailing man. I love it. I've got more stories, but we don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> We've got plenty of time. You keep talking, Vince. <laughs> Any story you want to share with us? Because we can, we can cut it all together. And we can uh, we, we can make a, a a show out of it, and then yeah. we'll add the other stuff as additional content that they can come in yeah. and what look at later. I see. So, well, I'll, yeah, I'll just I'll save that for for uh, I'll save some of those things for later. Alrighty, because yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want you to yeah. feel like you can't talk talk until you get tired. We're here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I'm, you know, I love it though. You, you guys are letting me talk. I'm not, and I'm not 
per se, I'm not I'm much much of a, not much for speaking. I'm kind of a quiet guy, mm-hmm. interest, introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, always been that way, and uh, but uh, uh, yeah, this is it's it's great that you allow me this venue to to uh, kind of. Um, tell some things about my my life uh, that uh, uh, normally you know people just wouldn't be interested in. They wouldn't. They wouldn't I care. understand. And, and they already think that you're 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 fabricating it. But I'm gonna find. You know what, Leon? I'm gonna find the name of that ship. I know. I it's uh, it's either the sun, the sky, sky or the sea. And I'll send <laughs> it to you. And I was on that ship. I'll send. Now, you was that Norwegian cruise line? Norwegian cruise line. That's that's an upscale line, and it, indeed it is. Yeah, and yes, it is, sir. That's and, not Francis. <laughs> no, they don't fly by night. No, that's that's one of the prestige cruise lines in the right. world. Right. So, are you still doing cruises now? No, no, I'm not. I uh, I met Janet, and uh, she says you um, you should be a star, and so she's <laughs> managed my career. All uh, right. And, and, uh, you know, I'm wondering about management. So she's your manager. She is my manager. She's my manager and, and my girlfriend too. All right. Yeah. Off and on girlfriend. Some because we get so mad at each other sometimes. We just know. You're not I don't know you. It's not a worthwhile relationship if you don't get mad at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's life. I mean, you yeah. know, life is a, it's a wave, you know. You have your ebb and flow, you have your summer and winter, you know, it's Absolutely. Just, everything is like that. Absolutely. Sick. We're going to get a chance to, she's, she's volunteered to sit down and talk with us. So we're going to get a chance to ask her all of those spicy details uh, Indeed, sir. in a minute. Yeah. And when, after we talk to her, we'll close with a little, uh, another clip of, uh, well, we, we're going to, we've got, uh, okay. so we, we've got about 20 minutes, 25 minutes of that we've got of him. And so mm-hmm. if we want to do the hour, if we don't want to do the hour, then that's fine. But well, you know, there that's there's uh plenty. There's a broad discography of of, of music uh, that I've got on my website. And maybe and maybe uh, uh with Janet's help we can uh have access to even even broader material cuz I've got lots of uh different kinds of uh of material. And uh sure you do. Um uh, one of the one of one of my real pleasures is 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 playing with my good friend uh, uh, that I've worked with for oh man since I was in my twenties, uh, uh, Kurt Landis. He's a keyboardist. I saw I saw you know um, you know Kurt Landis. Oh yeah, yeah, I've met Kurt. It's been a yeah. while. Excellent yeah. pianist, uh, world class. Mm-hmm. Um, nice and, guy uh, too. Very nice, and and we uh, we we he's he's I I work with him. Uh, uh, when I'm when I was even when I was on the cruise ship when I came back to town, I would work with 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 Kurt, uh, make sure we'd have something, because uh, uh, we work so well together. We we, we are uh, we're, we're quite a team as far as uh, the music. He's got mm-hmm. a great player, great player. Yeah. So I, I um. So every career has its ebbs and flows which we talked about, mm-hmm. you have your ups and downs. Um, what are some of the downs that you've experienced over the course of your career? Well, you know, I, 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 I kind of regret that, uh, you know, the, um, 
the broad success has eluded me. And, you know, everybody can, you know, Prince said it, everybody can't be on top, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was prophetic in that, you know? Um, you know, and there are some good things about not being in the upper echelon and, you know, the people who are, are you know, have all of the acclaim and the, uh, uh, the wealth and all of the accolades that go with that being up there. Um, I don't know. I just, sometimes I just wish I had done something so that my mother could have seen me and that she would say, yeah, I can you know, be proud of, you know, I've done, you know, I've, I've done pretty well, but, um, you know, I just wish I could have done something like that. I, now I know what those uh, guys mean when they hold that in me up and say, this is for you, mom, you know, right. That right. kind of thing. And what it means, you know, it's, it's, you want to do something like that for, for your, your parents and let them know that you're just proud of them, that you love them and, and, for all of the things that that they've done for you, mm-hmm. um, and that you appreciate that, you know, and I, that's one of my biggest regrets. I just couldn't make it for my mom because she was she wanted, yeah, you know, she was always pushing me, you know, to to be the best uh, that I can be, you know, and she loved my she she used to take me to. The uh, Muni Opera. I've seen a lot of those uh, operas at the uh, Forest Park, and mm. I was exposed to the vocalizing and the singing, the dramatics, and all of that. Fiddler on the Roof, and the, all of that stuff. And uh, it was it was great to to have access to that. You know, um, I don't know where she got the tickets from. You know, but. <laughs> Man, every show uh, for a few years there, I was at every one of those, every one of those shows and just enjoying it, you know, being back then, um, the outdoor theater there, um, you know, it's a great place to, to see a, a Broadway play. Uh, and I just remember those days so well, going to to the Muni, catch the bus, we getting on the bus and, you know, Going to see the opera. Mm. Yeah, that was fun. So, did you? Um, so, do you primarily play blues, or is it just part of uh, all of what you do? Um, you know, how does blues fit into your uh, profession, to your professional life? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I, I love the blues. It's uh, it's when when you, when I learned the history of the blues, you know, with W. C. Handy and all of that, uh, what he went through, he used to sleep under the Eats Bridge mm. because that's how destitute he was. But he he came he came here from um, I think from the south or someplace, and he just wanted to desperately make it here in St. Louis, and this was the place then where you would go if you wanted to make it in music. Just, that's how, that's how, how bad he was, how badly he wanted to, uh, to be successful. Um, and, you know, I used to, man, like I said, the, the, when I was 13, the, uh, the, the, the fish sandwich uh, um, 
gig that I did in Cape Toronto, man. It, it was a blues, blues gig because most of the um, early music that I learned was blues. It starts with the blues. The blues is, um, it's like, it's a, it's a progenitor. It's, it begets things, you know, the blues to me uh, was what started everything. Um, once I understood the blues, then I could begin to understand other types of music. Yeah. But it began. It starts with the blues for me. And maybe that's the way it, it, it is. You know, it, for, it just begins with the blues. The blues is the fundamental uh, root, the source of all of this. Uh, if you listen to just about any kind of music, it's it, it there's blues there. The blues is is a big part of it. So, that, and I feel that it's I, I it's 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 a feeling as well as a as a uh, a base. It's it's just it's hard to describe, but it, once you feel it, you know it. Uh, it then you're aware of it, and. Uh, that's that's what it is for me. It all starts with the blues. Ain't got nothing but the blues. Mm-hmm. Hey. You say you want so to play now, something? Oh, go ahead, Warren. Yeah, uh, Albert King. What uh, you said? He was from the South. He, but he, did he spend a lot of time in St. Louis? Because other artists seem to have worked with him here too. Yes. Uh, he had a, uh, a home in Lovejoy, Illinois. Oh. Um, and uh, that's right across, you know where East St. Louis is. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit uh, north of there. Um, it's a little bit north of Brooklyn, if you know where Brooklyn is. It's right yeah. next to Brooklyn. That's where the strip clubs are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you Gentlemen's clubs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, all right. I, well, that's old school. They just call it. I'll tell you a story about Albert uh, Albert King. I um, when I was when I was uh, coming up playing the blues and stuff, mm -hmm. I was playing uh, in a club in in Brooklyn that stayed open all night. So this gig started like uh, one o'clock and then went to like five o'clock in the morning or something like that. And they had places like that all over um, uh, East St. Louis and places like that where you can go after hours and, you know, continue your party. Well, in the basement of these places, they would have gambling yeah. and other things. But I don't, I don't know what those other things are. I knew they had gambling. So my, <laughs> my, my, my older brother um, was a gambler and Albert King was a notorious gambler. He loved to gamble. Uh, he liked to gamble. So yeah, oh yes, he did. And so they were in the basement of this place while I was playing upstairs. Um, Albert King lost a, a, a huge bet to my brother, and my brother said, "You hear that guitar player upstairs? That's my that's my younger brother. You got to take him on the road with you uh, next time you go out, and we'll call it even." So that's what that's how I got to work with Albert King, man. The great Albert King. Yeah, I, I, awesome. I, my brother lost the bet. 
because it was right around the corner from his house. He said, we're going to rehearse at my house. It's just two blocks away, right around there. And I went around there the next day and rehearsed with Albert King. And Albert King's a drummer too. So he was showing the parts to all the guys and all of that stuff. And, and we went to, um, um, we played three jobs here in St. Louis. We played a, um, a, uh, Electrical Workers Hall, which was a really good gig because there was all kinds of people there. Mm -hmm. uh, and we played a, a couple of holes in the walls in North St. Louis. And one gig, uh, they started fighting and pulling guns and stuff. Oh. Yeah. And I was 15 years old. I was oh, man. <laughs> so this is, uh, that was uh, the three gigs in St. Louis. Then we went to New York City. And he knew, uh, he, man, he knew a lot of people. He He just... He introduced me to uh, David Sanborn, who okay. was playing in the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. And they were playing at Hunter College in New York City. And he introduced me to David Sanborn. He knew David Sanborn, man. This guy knew. And, and then we went to uh, the Fillmore East, which was run by a, a guy named Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a, he was an icon of, of rock music, all popular music in, in uh, America. We played there. Uh, uh, we did two weeks there, playing every night. And they had uh, the Doobie Brothers, the Allman Brothers, the uh, Edgar, Edgar and Johnny Winter, those brothers. They had all the brothers and sisters, and B.B. King was there. And uh, man, it was just a huge party, man. For a 15-year-old kid, man, I was in hell. Oh, man. Like I said, a lot of good things happened to me when I was 15, man. I thought it was going to be like that for the whole, you know, for the whole life. I thought my life was going to be right. like this. It, right. it just, I just got lucky, man. That 15 was was, was it. Yeah, I mean, it, it just incredible. started off on the top floor. <laughs> and, yeah, and everything's been downhill ever since, man. But I, I love it, man. I, I love my life, man. And I, I've just done so many wonderful things. Um with it, I've just been so lucky, man. Very lucky. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You may, uh, there's a gentleman that's from here. You may know him because if you know my brother Perry, uh, do you know uh, Ricky Baker? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. He's a good friend of mine, a young man, uh, excellent guitarist player. Mm. He, he's a, he and and he actually he 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 credits me with teaching him some stuff, but it, the, the man had talent, <laughs> you know. He didn't need my instruction, but I, if he wants to say that, that's fine. But he's an excellent player, and he he uh, he plays Latin jazz. Uh, it sounds like Santana. He's a, a very good uh, improvisationalist. Uh, uh, and you know, oddly enough, we, we he, he was. Uh, he was a professional uh, a baseball player. He was drafted by a few teams. So this this the young man was uh, hey his future was, was set, man. But he wanted to play music. Uh, so uh, you know he ended up uh, being a uh, guitarist and, and a very good one at that. Um, uh, he uh, he lives in Chicago now. Mm -hmm. Ricky okay. Baker. Uh, yeah. Ricky Baker. I'm sorry. Ricky Baker. Yes. Okay. Yes. I have to look from, him up. from University City. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh -huh. I know Ricky. Yeah. 
Awesome. So did you you say you wanted to play another another tune, Warren, or you you wanted to hold off on it, or are you ready now? Huh? I, I I think I got one here. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm glad that you found that George Benson song. That's a that's a very good song. I love that song. But there's other stuff there. Ah, my friend Kurt Landis. Yeah, I can tell by the first note. Your audio's down. Oh, is it me? No, no, not you, Warren. He was talking. Oh, yeah, I couldn't hear him. I was asking about the with the tambourine she part of the band oh uh yeah whenever they're on the stage they're part of the band i don't know if she's a permanent uh, member but right yeah no that, that is a uh we're covering a, a a song called promised land which was made popular by chuck berry you know a, a great musician uh every chuck berry should be a required learning uh for all aspiring musicians man this guy um uh, him and Johnny Johnson, Johnny Johnson. Those they, you can't mention one without the other. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, because they're they're uh, uh, what a duo those guys were, and they played. Good, right. I'm sorry. Johnny be good. That was him, right? That was yeah. That was that was him. And they're 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 they're, they're a fixture around St. Louis, man. And they just don't get enough. Uh, he was. Uh, I got. I was lucky enough to meet Johnny Johnson and play and uh, play a, a gig with Johnny Johnson, but I never got to meet Chuck. Okay. Yeah, that's one of one of my regrets. Yeah, his daughter was singing for a while, and I used to hang out there down on uh, Tucker. Uh, I forget the name of the the old restaurant that uh, they closed. Um, they used to have not the Missouri Bar and Grill. Mo Bar and Grill. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man, that that was the place, man. You used to go yeah. down there. I used to hang out there. Do you yeah, remember your, my buddy Eric Foreman? Eric is a very good bassist. Yes, indeed. Uh, you, uh, he passed them, away a couple I, years ago. No, man, don't tell me that. Yeah, he did actually. We went to high school together, and um, he was he was doing a lot of playing, and I don't know what happened, but yeah, he's been gone a couple years now. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it, man. I thought he was going to live forever, man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good player, man. I used to love playing with that cat, man. Yeah. No, hang out in school a little bit, you know. Yeah. Man. Okay. So, well, you know what? That's the thing about that's the thing about life, man. It, 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 it always culminates in death. It, it's yeah. Bad, yeah man. You don't know. But we're hoping that there's something after. You know, that's what we hope for. Right, and if that if that's the case, we start all over again, man. To have a real, we have a good time. So we we get it right. Yes, sir. What, what we missed out on before, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a chance to make it right. Have this a time. chance, yes, sir, yes, sir. I like it. You should have been a preacher, <laughs> Leon. <laughs> my my words may go good. My actions probably wouldn't have go so good, so good with that. But no, man, no, uh, no. But preachers well, uh, are human anyway, so I, you can't put them on a pedestal. Yeah, nah, they're human. <laughs> That's right. So blues That's has right. probably taken um, a, a big hit as far as 
uh, its popularity. Well, what do you think, you know, about the future of blues? Do you think it's, you know, just it's going to hang in there and revive? Uh, do you think, you know, when the last of the, the blues players kind of move on that, 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 you know, blues will take a nosedive? Man, I'm telling you, it's, I guess it's just like everything else in life, man. You know, um, you know, you look at the, like the classic 1957 Chevy, man, you don't, yeah. you don't see styling like that anymore. I mean, everything is like, it's just, it's just, it's, it's you, you feel something when you see a, 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 a real classic. When you're hearing a classic, when you listen to, if you're having a classic meal or something, yeah, there's it's a status there. There's a there's a there's knowledge. There's a wealth. Of, there's a history. There's a um, there's just there's, there's, there's so much. Um, um, it's, it's it's hard to put into words, but it's it's a it's a quality that that you can't find uh, in the the newer stuff. You know, it's just. You know, yeah, actually, did you know that they're building uh, redundancy, they're building automatic uh, redundancy in, in uh, products now? It used to be that you, they would make a product now, uh, to make it at a fair and charge a fair, fair price for it. But now it's we make it as cheaply as we can and we try to get as much money as we can. And this philosophy has changed, you know, and it's reflecting, that philosophy reflects in the culture that we have today. The music is the same way. You know, the, oh, yeah. the, the way the song's in, they pop and they it's go on to something else. There's no emotion in the song. There's no feeling. There's, there's everything is just, it's done, it's, what's next? You know, there's, it's, it's just, um, and I, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, most of the, um, the um, irrelevant and um, things, the, the things that we, we've, cherished and known for so long here are are, are under under gonna be under fire um, yeah so i don't know i i don't know the future of the blues or any anything else for that matter. I, I got a theory on that yes you know they say that um the blues or they say that country music was kind of derived from blues i hear people say that from mm -hmm. Country is big now. Yeah. Guess what? Guess who's moving into country now? Mm -hmm. African Americans are driving into country. So this is steady morphing. And I right. think it's going to be a new hybrid coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. If you if you listen to country music now, it's it's starting to sound more like hard rock and rap, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're putting a lot of that in there. You know, so I'm not being pessimistic. I'm, I'm just saying that it's, you know, the blues is, you know, there's, there's just nothing like the classic. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. This nothing is like evolving, it. That's all. Nothing like that. We, we, we have to evolve. That's just the nature of life. Yeah. But there's nothing like looking at a classic. It's a oh, I agree. Kind of like when smooth jazz came out. Mm-hmm. No, oh, that's a that's a good analogy, man. Yeah, most were hating on that. That ain't real jazz. That ain't, that ain't jazz. You're right. You're right. I had to remind Leon about this station they named Real Jazz on Sirius XM because uh -huh. it's 
differentiates from the older contemporary to the mm-hmm. more modern, you know? Right. But I tell you that that old that old jazz that there's nothing like that nothing yeah the way they recorded it you know you know it just one mic mm. and, you know just like the, the the just like the Motown one mic in the middle of the room the whole orchestra had to be there and they did it that night they did it until they got it right and nowadays they don't half the people. They don't even see each other. Right. You know, you do a part here and it's done. You do a part the next day. You will send it to New York and they'll do this part here. And we'll send it over to LA or we'll do that. We'll put that in. And then it, that's that's the way they do things now. It's, it's, it's just a different process. Yeah. I think the relationships are missing when you do that too, for, as far as being in the room together. I agree. I agree. Um, not only that, the, uh, uh, as you say, the, the camaraderie, the, you know, the uh, focus on the song, you know, the meaning. That's why there was so much, uh, they call it a session, because it was a session. It was a gathering for that purpose. And you can feel it, man. It's like a church. It's like a church, you know, that. And they recorded that thing and it had a life of its own. You know, when you start sending it here and there and everywhere for this, it loses its, uh, its uniqueness, its, its, yeah. uh, its sovereignty or, or, or whatever you want to call it. But it's, it's, it just doesn't have the integrity that, um, uh, that the old uh, recordings have. They, they put their heart and soul in that music. And yeah. for the moment, for the moment. It's like a picture, you know, and they took a picture, that photograph, there's a moment when it's perfect. That's what that session is. Exactly, exactly. You know, the classic song, Tenor Madness, was one of those. I, I love that song. Rollins uh, train just happened to be near the studio and got invited to come in and, and, and get it, cause it was Rollins LP. Mm-hmm. But that one song is, a monumental classic and just imagine had it they tried to do it the other way well we're going to send send you this and you send a track or whatever the chemistry wouldn't have been yeah, there it would, would not have been there wouldn't have been there. you couldn't have said it better yeah yeah do you play more than one instrument i you know what i i concentrate on the on um on the guitar but i i do play bass and i i play drums um, just because, um, I don't know. It's just, it's been easy for me to do those. Um, and, and it's fun. It really is. Uh, I, the last gig I played when I played with my good buddy, Kurt Landis, he played keyboards. I played the drums. Um, and there was a gentleman by the name of, uh, Tom Maloney, who's a, uh, guitarist who played bass on this particular set. We were outdoors um, um, by a pool, and we were doing like some gospel music, like a, a, I'm going to lay all my burdens down, down by the riverside. And then the people started, they, you know, we were just getting that spirit, that old time spiritual going. People started dancing around, studying one, no more. And then all of a sudden, they jumped in the pool all together. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's, I mean, that's the power of that, of, of, uh, wow. of music. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And uh, when you're having, when you're having uh, people are enjoying themselves and a little relief from their, uh, whatever their challenges they're having, it's, it's, it's great to see that. It really is. Yeah. I, I just, I love what I do. And uh, I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed. I'm just really happy. Really happy all the time. So you talked about moving to Florida. Is it? Do you have yeah. a time frame on that? Is that just on no, your no. bucket list? No, just I just want to research it. You know, uh, okay. uh, nobody has a time frame. I tell you, I, I could fall over when we're done here, man. <laughs> no, nah, you know? nah, you're gonna be around for a while. <laughs> so how long are you gonna play? You gonna you gonna keep I'm gonna, playing? I want to play till they plant me, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not stopping. I ain't gonna stop. I ain't gonna stop, man. Well, I don't have any reason to. I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, if they, if, if, if they, if they love it, that's great. If they don't, it's still good. I mean, I'm, I'm good. It's all, it's all good, man. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy myself and just enjoy this life, uh, as best I can, man. And then, and don't want to hurt nobody. Ain't going to hurt nobody. Right. You know, I just want to have fun and try try to help as much as I possibly can. So you know? how, how now, has the digital how has this move to digital impacted you and your music? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it. There's a definite impact uh, with the the digital wave now. Um, although the thing is, the thing about digitizing uh, musical uh, equipment and devices, uh, they're a lot lighter. And then when you get older, man, they're easier to carry, man. <laughs> you know, like I used to love to carry uh, a. Uh, a Fender, a Fender twin amplifier. Now that's a heavy amplifier. It's a tube amplifier, totally all analog. Sounds mm. great. It's the it's the industry standard if you want to record. I used to have a twin reverb amplifier, and I lived in the projects on the seventh floor. Oh. The, the elevators never worked. Oh, I man. had to carry whenever I gig. I had to carry that thing up and down fourteen flights of stairs because there were two flights to each floor. So I remember that. You know, and that thing was heavy, man. And I still have problems with my shoulders, man, from carrying that that hundred pound <laughs> amplifier up the up the steps, man. But that's how badly I wanted to play, man. It was uh, it was a requirement, you know. Now, you know, if I'm doing a gig, I've got a little uh, cube they call it, a, and that's as light as a feather, man. You just pick it up, and go, and it sounds good. But it doesn't. It's it's not it's not a twin reverb. You know, but I can't carry that thing anymore. It's too it's right, too heavy to carry, man. Those tubes, those those circuit, this all of that circuitry gives it the great sound, but it just you know I have to opt for the easier, easier uh, version. What about the dolls? Do they can they um, imitate that pretty good now? What, what the what now? I'm sorry. The uh, um, digital audio. Oh, the digital audio workstations. Yeah, can uh, they imitate that? I don't know. I, I I don't know much about that. I'm sure there are, there are some wizards behind those consoles that can make you sound really good. So I, I can't say, I can't speak to that. But I'm just, I, I, I know as a person, as a musician, what I would, what what I would prefer and what, what I like and, and, and my challenges. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, 
I just, yeah, I think analog, it's, it's that 57 Chevy, man. It's that beautiful thing, you know, but, uh, you know, I can't, I can't, can't carry that thing. It's too much, too much weight, you know, and they make it easy for you, man. You just, you know, get your digital, uh, gear and, and show up and, and, mm-hmm. and it's all good. Nowadays, you, you don't even have to be able to sing, you know, they choose your talent now on looks man it's more makeup and all of that stuff and yeah, gimmick mm-hmm. they can make man they push bus and, and make you sound good and can you sing are you i'm talking i'm talking to uh, leon can you sing? can i sing i i can yeah. sing you wouldn't want to hear it but i can sing. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. but i mean they can make that sound good man I'm, if, they I, want, if they yeah if they got if they they're gonna have to <laughs> They're gonna have to make it sound good. Leon's got a good radio voice. I That's give right. Him that. When I'm talking, you, know what I'm saying. you you, know you are what I'm getting saying, the though. optimum sound when I'm talking. If you start asking yeah, me to sing, good. no, you sound you got a great speaking voice. But thank you very much. But, but but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, man. They they put they can dress you up, man, and if you sure, man, it's a, incredible what they can do nowadays. Well, you know, they can morph in the in the movie biz in the industry. They can make things just like with the green screen that you guys are using. Mm-hmm. They can do incredible things with this digital technology. It's it's it's, it's amazing. It I I agree, and 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 the thing is, is a trade off. Yeah. So, like, I enjoy movies. I love uh, special effects movies, right. but I feel cheated right. when they do everything with a green screen. Instead of mm-hmm. putting in the work to mm-hmm. make the zombies or to make the effects look more realistic. So right. in- instead of actually blowing up a car and, you know, creating that kind of effect, they just create a green mm-hmm. screen effect and they blow up the car in a green screen. I kind of feel cheated because right. I, I yeah. like to see those experiences. You know, I, I like um, I, I never got into auto tune. You know, um, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to pick a, a particular artist, but you know, I, well, I can tell you, I can tell you the artist. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I just never got them. into that because you know, <laughs> um, singing, you know, is about the the human voice, the human right. voice being the instrument. Exactly. And and I don't I don't want to knock technology. I don't want to say that's not music. It's just right. I don't I feel cheated when I when I get that. You know, I get it. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. You know, one one of the things that irks me about that is, you know, the voice itself. You know, like you're saying, there are imperfections there. Mm-hmm. You try to eliminate them as naturally as you possibly can. Some people just have a great voice. They don't need all of that. Right. Um, and you, you know, one hopes that you, when you're performing, you're doing the best that you can. And you record that, and, and um, then you dress it up. But nowadays, they can—they actually um, can take your pitch and make it perfect. So it's absolutely—it's mm-hmm. un, unreal how perfect it is. Right. And that, yeah, and it's a total deception. Right. It really is. It takes away right. from the—it takes away from being human. Yes, sir. Yes, and, it does. And, you know, we and also by the same that. token, by the same token. You, you don't know what to believe, you know, when you see like evidence in, in a right. crime or something of a crime, you don't know that, that they can doctor that stuff and make it look like, right. you know, right. 
what do you do when you when when you, there's you can't even believe your eyes anymore or your ears or your ears right yeah so how does um uh, this is my last question so i don't know warren if you got more but this is my last question um how did covid impact you yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, I'm um, I'm not going to get into the political ramifications of it, um, but uh, just as a casual observer um, uh, concerning this, when it uh, broke out, so to speak, in in China, Wuhan province. Um, and, uh, it, you know, the way that it came out, you know, it's, it killed a number of people, um, and it definitely affected my, uh, my, my livelihood. Um, but I mean, it was, I, I think it was a little bit overblown, uh, you know, um, cause if, if, if there's a pandemic or a, pestilence or something of that nature it's going to take it's going to take lives um mm. and it's going to uh, it's going to cost um money it costs it costs a, a heck of a lot of money um to people's livelihoods and it, it certainly impacted mine the covid um brought my uh my my craft to a standstill I did nothing. I had nothing going. Um, and uh, it may have been, may or may have not been political in nature. We don't know uh, for sure if it was created in the laboratory or if it was a natural uh, occurrence, but it's frightening when you think about how this could, uh, you know, this could be the wave of the future. City Jazz Sessions is brought to you by St. Louis City Jazz, a 501c3 company dedicated to music education and appreciation. The CEO is Magic Man 50. And for more ways to connect with City Jazz Sessions, visit cityjazzsessions.wixsite.com slash St. Louis. The City Jazz Sessions team includes host, content director, and guest coordinator, jazz great Ronnie Barrage. Follow Ronnie at RonnieBarrage.biz. Host, website designer, graphic artist, content director, and guest coordinator, singing sensation Leica. Discover more about Leica at LeicaMusic.com. Additional production services are provided by Lion's Den Productions. Go to TheLionsDenSTL.Wixsite.com forward slash home. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe for more great content. Thank you.